It is Monday, October 17th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Eagles remain undefeated. And it looks like the AFC Championship game will have a new home this year. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Buffalo Bills take care of the Kansas City Chiefs 24-20. The Philadelphia Eagles improve to 6-0, beating the Cowboys 26-17. And the Yankees and Guardians will have a rubber match. So the Vegas lead, AJ, uh, we'll start with Sunday Night Football because the Philadelphia Eagles remain the only undefeated team in the NFL. Yeah, and listen, all due respect, Cooper Rush did the job. Like, if you had told me after week one that the Cowboys through six games would be four and two, I would have said, that's crazy, with with no Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. The fact that they are four and two, even coming off this loss, is wildly impressive. But what you saw tonight is that any discussion about who's going to be the quarterback when Dak comes back? (laughs) I love that. It, there's a reason, like, listen, any, I won't say anybody, a lot of people can have a nice three-game stretch. Sure. That's why they're backups, though. If Cooper Rush was a legit starting quarterback in this league, he would have been a legit starting quarterback in this league years mm-hmm. ago. And that's the thing that we always talk about when it comes to backup quarterbacks. They're serviceable for a couple of weeks, but they're not going to lead you for an entire season. And Cooper Rush did his job. And now Dak Prescott looks like he'll be back next week. A little soft landing spot against the Detroit Lions. I'll be honest. If you said the Cowboys hold the Eagles to 26 points, Jalen Hurts throws for 155 yards, only runs for 27, and Zeke Elliott runs for 81 yards on 13 carries, I said, man, the Cowboys got a real good chance to win this, this game. And actually, it was a time late in the fourth quarter, they did have a really good chance. It looked like they were just going to get blown out of the water it's 20 to it 20 to nothing and then they kick a field goal going into half and then the Cowboys start to fight back and they get they get it to 2017 Eagles score a touchdown go for two and miss it but I mean the Cowboys clawed their way back into a mm-hmm. game that they could have easily just rolled over in uh and most of it was on on the back of the defense the defense started playing really well and yeah well there's a couple of things First off, the Eagles' second quarter dominance continues. Oh, yeah. They are by far the best second quarter team in the NFL. And the Eagles' first half covers, once again, 6-0 and now, ATS betting on the Eagles in the first half. But their second half lack of scoring is starting to become a concern for me. Granted, they're 6-0. and Everything has looked great. But they have really built up these leads in the first half, and then rested on their laurels in the second half, utilizing the strength of their defense, their pass rush, and protected leads as opposed to increase leads. And it almost came back to bite them here against the Cowboys when Dallas put together a nice drive to start the third quarter and then clawed their way back into the football game. If Philadelphia doesn't start piling on in the second half of football games, they will eventually start losing these games. Yeah, I, I think that the Eagles are as flawed as anyone. I mean, I think it's easy to say, well, 6-0. I don't think anybody believes the Eagles are the best team in the league. I, I think that the, whoever you think it is probably came from the next game that we'll talk about. Uh, but how seriously are we taking the Eagles? Because what's their best win to date? Best the Vikings? Win? Yeah. They're at Lions by three, by the way. But didn't we know this going in? Like, the, the NFC East had the easiest schedule. The Cowboys, I mean, the Eagles and the Giants had two of the easiest schedules in the NFL. No doubt. But here's my question. Like, once they get into the fire, how— But like, what is the fire? Tell me what the fire the of playoffs. the schedule is. Okay. The playoffs is the fire. Like, you're saying they're your Super Bowl pick. By the time they get to the Super Bowl, or by the time they get to the playoffs, who they, who, their who, best win will have been the Packers at who home. Who are you afraid of? 
going into Lincoln Financial because the Eagles will have a good enough record that they should have home field because look at the rest of their schedule. Yeah. Uh, and when are they going to be an underdog? That's my question. They probably won't be at this probably point. Probably won't be. Uh, maybe in Dallas on, the, uh, on Christmas Eve. Could be. Okay. Besides that, they're going to be a, they're gonna be a favorite in every game. Yeah. So. I wouldn't be shocked. Should have a good enough record to possibly be the number one overall seed in the it's, NFC. Yeah. It's, I would say at this point. So tell me who in the NFC you fear going into Lincoln Financial and winning a playoff game. I, I mean, I would still take Tom Brady very seriously. When, in a, in a Not playoff, looking like the way he looked In a yesterday. playoff game. Well, look. Listen, everybody's going to have their bad days. Tom Brady's won a lot of playoff games. Jalen Hurts is not. Okay, I, I think that like we got to give him some benefit of the doubt that yeah, we saw the he, last he can time. have a bad day. We saw those two teams in the playoffs last year. It didn't work out well for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he he can have a bad day every now and then, uh, but th- there's no doubt the the Eagles. Like if you look down their schedule, I I don't know when they lose. I, I really don't. They're going to lose a game that they're, of course that they, they should win. You know what? They'll probably lose in Indianapolis. Like you know, it's like like a stupid game. Like yeah, or, the, or or maybe they'll lose. Maybe they're going to lose one of the games to the Giants. Maybe they lose to the Steelers, who just seem to come out of the nowhere and win games they have no business winning. If I told you right now, and and I know it's not a uh, fair question because the odds are not as good as they were, but if I gave you the Eagles versus the field in the NFC, not to win the Super Bowl, but to go to the Super Bowl. Would you take Philly or anybody else? I'd still take the field. You'd take the field? Yeah. Okay, which would be the Bucks as the next highest favorite. Yeah. And I still think the 49ers can – I mean, I don't think it's over for them, depending on how some of these injuries pan out. Uh, I still could see the Rams getting better as the season goes on. And there's a couple teams that I think we're going to have to start talking about, and we'll talk about it later on in this show, that have started to earn some respect. Uh, and some teams that we, we've kind of overlooked. And really, there's four of them in the NFC, Atlanta, Minnesota, the Giants, and the Seahawks, that we would have thought were jokes coming into the season and are clearly not jokes at this point. Like They're, they're all better than anybody thought they were. So I, I would still take the field, but the Eagles certainly are, are, are looking strong right now. Philadelphia 6-0 and to start the season. The Cowboys drop down to 4-2. and all right, let's take a look at the game of the day. And I'd argue that the game of the day lived up to its hype. This was, I think, the best game. The Buffalo Bills 24-20 winners at Kansas City. Uh, and this boiled down to a late rally by Buffalo. And it felt like, to me, watching this game, when... The Chiefs kind of got away with one with the tripping, uh, what yeah. should have been a trip yep. on Josh Blatant, Allen. Blatant trip. Chris Jones, he gets uh, called for the roughing the passer that shouldn't have been roughing the passer and then gets called for the uh, – It, it not, doesn't get doesn't called. Get called yeah. for the trip that should have been a trip. But I thought, man, that might do it for Buffalo. Like Josh Allen sitting on the sideline looking dejected. But this is a different Bills team. They get a stop. Uh, they go down, they score a touchdown. They they kind of cut through that Chiefs defense on the last drive pretty easily, actually. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen opened up his legs a little bit. He, he takes over the game, puts them ahead with a minute and four left. And I'm thinking, oh, boy. That's sure, I've seen this story before. We saw it We could first. have three more touchdowns. <laughs> Look at what we saw in, in the first, at the end of the first half. The jokes were there. Yeah. There was... 16 seconds left after the Bills took the lead and they squib kick it, which was amazing yeah. because everyone, we were all taught, everyone watching and everyone broadcasting the game, thinking about the 13 seconds from last playoffs. They squib it, waste a couple of seconds, but still the Chiefs able to get a field goal to end the half. And now you're thinking at the end of regulation, Buffalo takes a lead. There's plenty of time left for Patrick Mahomes and company to march down the field and get a game-winning field, game-winning touchdown. Excuse me, didn't happen. Nope. And the Bills. This was. I mean, this was as close as it seemed. The uh, the fourth quarter win share, fifty three percent for Buffalo. So this was everything that you thought it was going to be. Josh Allen just outplayed Patrick Mahomes in this game. Patrick Mahomes made a couple throws that he shouldn't have made. Uh, one into his own end zone, like looking, you know, thought he had a guy, one of those typical pull up, stop, 
make a silly throw plays that when they work, we go, oh, my God, he's brilliant. Mm. And this time he throws it to the wrong guy. And, you know, those are the those are the mistakes that, that really cost this team because uh, the Chiefs defense, give them a freaking gold star. This was about as well as you could have asked them to play against what, what's been a juggernaut offense. And if you had told me that the, the Bills were going to run the ball the way they did for you know, four yards a carry, I would have said, oh, boy, this could get ugly. And the Chiefs did a good job, relatively good job, containing mm-hmm. Josh Allen, not letting him dominate the game, although he still ends up with 329 yards, three touchdowns, yeah. no pick. It's still a good he game. He didn't really utilize his legs until at the end of the game. He, he did. But I, this was not the Josh Allen no, we saw no, take a no. dump on the Steelers a week ago. I thought that coming into this game, the fact that the Chiefs had to play two, you know, I don't want to call them emotional, but two games that really took a lot of their focus before this Bills game would wind up hurting them. They had the win against the Bucks, which was, you know, Super Bowl revenge, circle that game on your calendar, and then a, a, a back-and-forth battle against the Raiders that they didn't quite expect as a touchdown favorite. Now you're coming into this game against the Bills, and I thought it was going to hurt Kansas City. It didn't turn out to be the case early on. I thought the Chiefs played extremely well in that first half, especially defensively. And this was a game where the public was all over the over, right? Yep. This is going to be high scoring. Going to be played. Of course, course, Tony Romo told us right away that's not going to work. This is not going to be a high scoring game, Jim. Because these two defenses are going to make you drive the field. The clock's going to run a lot because they're going to be consistently checking it down, running the football. Every once in a while, you get a big play. But this is going to be a 24 to 20 type of game. Oh, well, we got it right. 24 20 was the final score. Nice call, friend. Nice call. <laughs> yeah. It was a defensive battle, though, and the interceptions, the turnovers, a uh, couple of couple of key plays, ball bounces differently here or there. I think these teams play 10 times. It's a 5 5 split. Might be. I, I, th- I still think the Bills are a little better. Uh, I, I'd say maybe a 6 4 split. But certainly the. the the Bills have to prove it in the playoffs when it counts. Well, and now that, that's why this win's so important because if these teams meet up in the postseason, it's now likely going to be in Buffalo. The Bills now have wins over the Titans, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. The the favorites to win each of the other three divisions yeah. in the AFC. So they are in very good shape right now. It would take and it would take a collapse for for the Bills. Uh, I shouldn't say a collapse. It would take some unexpected play <laughs> for the Bills to not end up with the one seed. But was they... this game to you, Josh Allen MVP solidified? If you can win an MVP <laughs> after six weeks, because I mean, I said this last uh, last week. I was like, if if you want to bet the Bills money line and you want plus money mm-hmm. and you're willing to wait a while, Josh Allen for MVP is a good a proxy bet because let's face it, this now gives him head to head wins over the second favorite. And the third favorite in Lamar Jackson. And the truth is, he he clearly outplayed both of them. But didn't we talk about the odds last week after the Steelers game? Wasn't it like minus 170 for Josh Allen? Plus 170. Plus, excuse me, plus 170. Okay. It's going to be minus, what is it? I I think he's probably even money, is my guess. I think it's Josh. It's basically Josh Allen versus the field now. I think. Why don't you guys bet? I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be. You have to pay a little juice now on Josh Allen. Maybe so. I. I, I mean, like I said, he, the two closest foes. He's vanquished now. Lamar Jackson and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes. When will those odds be up, McKenzie? Probably a little later on this morning. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I mean, too early now. I'm. I'm going to say. I'm going to say it's like minus one twenty-five. I'll go even money. I, I think it's it's going to. All right, so you're money. going even money. I'm saying you're going to have to lay a little money. Okay. On Josh All right, Allen. Let's do it. What do you say, McKenzie? Who, who are you riding with? I'm going to say I'm closer to you. Plus 101. Okay. <laughs> Close, closest without going you, you, over. You're like, you're like the guy in prices, right? That That's says right. $1. Yeah, sits down there. Yeah. <laughs> what a, gotta win, baby. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, the two, well, I mean, we just talked about maybe the two current best quarterbacks in the league. The two best resumes in the league both had bad days yesterday. And. It, Aaron Rodgers, let's face it, hasn't had a great season. Hasn't thrown his high this season is 255. Uh, this is not a guy. And listen, we knew coming in, the receivers aren't great, but still Aaron Rodgers. Still Aaron Rodgers, right? 
278 total yards. 278. How much Against longer? the Jets. First off, we're going to get into the why the Jets deserve respect conversation in a little bit. But how much longer can you just say at least it's Aaron Rodgers and that be a good enough explanation as to why the Packers should be favored or why you should be backing the Packers? Because I, I tried to explain it and maybe I didn't do a good enough job explaining it on the Dream Pod last week when I went up in a, uh, what do we call it, an Andre the Giant two versus yes. one tag team match against Fezzik and RJ. They both had the Packers. I had the Jets. And what I said was there's something wrong with this Packers team. They look broken. And I couldn't exactly put my finger on what it was. And I speculated maybe it's Aaron Rodgers, his attitude, the way he carries himself. Uh, there's a lot of just, you know, he, he, he's, he's upset about his teammates for loser mentality or saying the wrong things in the locker room. And maybe I, 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 didn't, I couldn't explain it then. But after watching this game against the Jets yesterday, I have the perfect explanation. And it's probably the most disrespectful thing you can say about an NFL team. All right. The Packers are soft. They got out physical. They got out intensified, if that's a word that I can make up right now. They're, the, 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 you know when they say a team wants it more? The Jets looked like they wanted it more. They were quicker to the they were quicker off the snap. They were quicker to the ball. They they were more aggressive. They were more physical. The Packers just looked like a soft team. They got bullied around by the Jets. Look, every time the Jets pass rush was able to get in to to force Aaron Rodgers to do something or to tackle Aaron Jones in the backfield, it was just winning at the point of attack every time. And I, watching that game, I wasn't surprised by the score. I was upset at myself for not taking Jets' money line, but I wasn't surprised at the score because the Packers look like a soft football team. They looked that way against the Giants last week. They looked like it even more against the Jets yesterday. I, I mean, I think you make a good point because this was the, the Packers let a rookie running back run for 160 yards. and They, they got ran, bullied. They ran for three yards per carry. Like that's I I think when you, you can talk the, a lot about the receivers and when do you see that happen to the Packers at Lambeau? That's not supposed to happen at Lambeau. That is a, a rare thing, but I, I think you could talk about all the receivers being gone. If there's no run game, I I don't know what what Aaron Rodgers can really do if the, with that kind of a run game at this uh, with with the personnel around him. And let's face it, it's easy to blame everything on the personnel. Aaron Rodgers doesn't look good himself. Nope. Aaron Rodgers has his entire career lifted people up, and this team, for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like he's able to do it. What's uh, I'm going to give you a wild number here. Uh, his QBR for the game was 17. What's even crazier, that's not the lowest he's had all season. He put up a 12 against the Vikings in week one. So a, a 12 and a 17 so far this season, QBR games for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, now, Aaron Rodgers was still probably the better quarterback in this game, as Zach Wilson continues to be terrible. But the Jets are finding a way to, to, to compete despite Zach Wilson being terrible. They say, okay, we'll just run the hell out of the ball. Great job by them. Great game plan. And the Packers, who seem, seemingly hadn't lost a home game in, in 10 years, lose one to the Jets. They look disinterested. There's no other way I can explain it. I, I tried to say the soft, disinterested, whatever it is. And is there an explanation for it? I, I don't know. Is it the fact that they've gone 13-3 and three the past three years and have nothing to show for it? Maybe. Maybe that weighs on you. Is it Rodgers looming retirement? Maybe. Maybe that weighs on the, the rest of the players. Whatever it is, it's broken, and I don't see a fix in the near future. The Packers, this coming week, are at the Commanders. If they lose that game. We can't talk about losing game. That's a loser mentality. I, I like the power positive thinking. If they lose that game. Power is, positive thinking. This is the start of a three-game road trip for the Packers at Washington at Buffalo coming off a bye. Bills, the Bills coming off a bye, and then they go to Detroit. 
where they're biting kneecaps. It, it, is it crazy that I tell you that they they lose two of those three games? No, it's not. I mean, although, boy, if if they if they lose a game to the Commanders or the Lions, there's got to be some. Like it's one thing to lose to the Jets and the Giants, who look four, like four, four and five, four and yeah, it would be four and five after nine games. That's rough. And then they got the Cowboys, Titans, Eagles, Bears, Rams. Listen, I don't want to go over like a doomsday scenario, but forget about the division. There's a chance the Packers don't make the playoffs. You're right, and in hindsight, you'd say, well, the best win they've got this season was at Tampa. Well. <laughs> Tampa at Tampa, it was a 14-12 game. Yeah, and and Tampa goes down to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who looked like a corpse last week. Somehow they come out and win twenty to eighteen. And Tom Brady, Tom Brady didn't have the disaster day that Aaron Rodgers had, but Tom Brady's not lost these kind of games in the past. Like if you give Tom Brady an inferior opponent, he takes care of business. Boy, he was giving it. To his lineman on the sidelines. He was yelling, not happy. And this is after they they lose back-to-back games to the Packers and the Chiefs. And they almost blow a 21-0 lead to the Falcons and then lose this game to the Steelers. This is another team that just just has its – maybe they're just Jekyll and Hyde, but they, they, they do not look like the contender that you would have thought they were coming into this season. Yeah, and listen, uh, this was a game where Mitch Trubisky came in. Kenny Pickett goes in in concussion protocol late in the third, uh, and Mitch Trubisky comes in and plays well. For a guy who had been kind of tossed to the side, the island of misfit toys, now he's wondering, (laughs) like, you know, well, I guess my days as a starter are over. He comes out and has a, a great fourth quarter, and the defense that just didn't exist last week, this t- that defense looked like the worst defense in the league last mm-hmm. week, and somehow they come out and beat Tom Brady. With inspired they, effort. How many times have the Steelers beat Tom Brady in the last twenty years with like star-studded defenses? Troy Polamalu's, James Harrison's running around. Then this group comes in and beats Tom Brady. More concern going forward for Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, that's a good one. What's the concern meter on both? If you say the scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably say 5 is like mild concern. Anything above 7, real concern. Sure. I think the Packers have real concerns. So I'm going to give the Packers an 8 out of 10 on the concern meter. Okay. I'm going to say that the Bucks, because of the, the division that they play in, Maybe they're at like a five six. They're just above that middling threshold. Is that fair? I, I think it's fair. The Bucks get the Panthers next week. If that can't get you right, get, I don't know what can. They're gonna get the Panthers twice, right? They should win both of those games. Uh they'll have tough games, Ravens, Rams, tough games. And, and but let's face it, look at the the games that they've won versus the games that they've lost. I mean, their their best win is probably Dallas at this point. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Packers and Chiefs were the two best teams on their schedule. They lost to both. Boy, who's winning that division? I, I, I still, still think it's going to be Tampa. Um, I mean, the, the Panthers are dreadful. I, and we'll get to who I think the worst. I think the Panthers are the worst team in the league. We'll get to that. We can transition to that now. Saints lose yesterday to the Bengals. I mean, the Falcons, a nice win. I don't think the Falcons are going to keep this up for the whole season. And Marcus Mariota is going to get hurt at some point. Because that's what, <laughs> this is what Marcus Mariota does. Uh, but let's transition to who is the worst team in the league right now. A couple weeks ago, you couldn't have convinced me it wasn't the Jets. It's not the Jets. No, far from it. it I, th- I thought it was the Jets, too, a couple of weeks ago. I, I, and then the last couple of weeks, I've been saying it's the Bears. It's, it's got to be the Bears. It's not the Bears. The Bears are bad. Don't get me wrong. The Panthers are the worst. Yep. I mean, this team is a, t- a, a total disaster. The Rams played horrible, mm-hmm. and they won by double digits. I mean, this was, this is how bad the Panthers are. They they can't compete when their opponent has a bad day. Like that that tells you something right there. And I don't care who comes back and plays quarterback. 
P.J. Walker can come back. Sam Darnold can come back. Baker Mayfield can come They're all bad. Yep. And none of them are good enough, certainly, to carry this roster. They lose another game when they allow 17 points. Uh, it's just becoming ridiculous to joke at this point. Um, and then how about what happened on the sidelines where Steve Wilkes threw his own wide receiver, Robbie Anderson, out of the game? Yeah. He had an argument with his wide receiver coach. And Steve Wilkes wasn't having it. I guess, hey, why not? Try and set the tone, right? Steve Wilkes is trying to win a job. He's trying to become an NFL head coach again. And and he's going to have the rest of this season to to make his impression. And part of that is not tolerating the behavior that he saw from Robbie Anderson. So, but, well, isn't also part of out. that winning games? Yeah. Like, maybe Which, you, you I, only have a handful of talented guys on your team. Not like Robbie Anderson's Randy Moss. But listen, you need anybody that's got a pulse you need out there. Yeah, I will say this early on, and we can, you know, attribute this to obviously the first 15 plays being scripted. But the first drive of the game looked pretty good. I thought as someone who was on the Panthers plus the 10 points, uh, I thought, you know what? This is a good drive. Getting the ball into McCaffrey's hands early, moving it down the field, 12 plays. And then they settle for the field goal. The first six possessions of this game, mm-hmm. P.J. Walker had 11 throws, 39 passing yards. Yeah. I, I mean, you could tell that they were they could only run the ball. Walker did not complete a pass in the second half <laughs> until the final play of the third quarter. Um, well, they went three and out a bunch of times. So. And then, like... Then he he goes out with a concussion or in, in concussion protocol, and Jacob Eason completes three of five for fifty nine yeah. yards and an interception. The, the The passing offense is inept, and like I said, it it's not be, it's not because of PJ Walker. Mm-hmm. I mean, PJ Walker is a worse passer than oh, it's almost crazy to say it's a worse passer than Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. But I mean, there's just nothing there. Yeah. So I I, I don't know, man. And the again, the defense it wasn't the worst in the world. And especially considering they were playing without J.C. Horn, um, but their defense continues Dante to play Jackson well. Dante Jackson left. Like the defense it, continues to play well. But which, the, but this Rams offense has been broken all year. Like yeah. So what do we do? Do we say, oh wow, great game, Panthers defense, or we go, oh, listen, oh, that, we, that's against the Rams. We talk about who's they're more concerned for the 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 Packers or the Bucks. What about the Rams? Oh, the Rams have concern for sure. But but like I think we've known for a couple weeks now. The the Rams I, I, really since the Buffalo game, week one, people were like, "Ooh, this ain't the same Rams team." Mm-hmm. So it's and it's funny. I mean, the Rams are sitting at three and three, same as as Tampa and and Green Bay. But their wins are against the Falcons that they almost blew. Yep. The Cardinals and the Panthers. That's it. They yeah. lose to the Cowboys. They lose to the 49ers. They lose to the Bills. But if your worst loss is the Cowboys, what are you? I don't know. Yeah. I, and uh, they've got a tough schedule coming. The Niners and the Bucks. Their next two games. Um, so it doesn't get any easier for them, but I think we've kind of accepted for a while now that the Rams are in trouble, Mm -hmm. but I'm interested to see, I mean, Rams, Bucks, Packers, what's the, what's the over under how many of these teams make the playoffs? One and a half as right now it's, yeah, it's it's probably that because at a time, there was a time you would say the over unders clearly two and a half. I think there's, it's probably juice to the over still. But it's not going to be for long if this keeps up. And I, I don't know. I hate talking about the Rams this way when they won and, and really won, but by they covered. Like you know, so it, it's not like they. But the Rams have just not looked right for for some time now. Let's go through the rest of the league, and I want to highlight some teams that we're questioning if they're getting enough respect. And let's start with the New York Jets. We've talked about the Packers. We didn't talk about the Jets side of this thing. You think the Jets deserve more respect than they're getting? Absolutely. The Jets are playing inspired football. And Brees Hall is, well, is the, I don't know if he, I don't have the updated odds in front of me, should be the favorite for offensive rookie of the year. This guy has had a tremendous start to his season. I can't think of anyone else I'd put Look at what he did yesterday against the Packers. 116 yards and a touchdown. Look at what he did to the Dolphins with uh, over almost 200 all-purpose yards and, and and multiple scores. This dude is leading a resurgent Jets rushing attack, which is taking pressure 
off of the quarterback position. It was Joe Flacco early in the year. Now it's Zach Wilson. And for everybody that talked about how bad Zach Wilson was last year, and he only threw for 110 yards yesterday without a touchdown. But when you're running the ball as well as the Jets are, when you're playing defense as well as the Jets have been, you can afford to not have your quarterback make plays. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. 28-14 winners over the San Francisco 49ers this week. Falcons are going to be in every game. There's a reason why this team is 6-0 against the spread, and it's not just because the numbers have been high against them. It's because despite the lack of playmakers, and we Kyle Pitts returned yesterday and caught a yep. touchdown, welcome back. Despite the lack of playmakers, Marcus Mariota is proving that he is a legitimate starting quarterback in this league. And maybe Arthur Smith is not that bad of a head coach. Maybe he just needed a quarterback to run his system and wasn't going to be Matt Ryan last year. Yeah, And maybe Marcus Mariota in the play action is just the perfect fit for this Arthur Smith offense. I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think – and the defense is playing well too. I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're going to win a lot more football games. But I will say that they're going to be in all these games and – you can have confidence backing them as dogs. Let's talk about your New York Giants getting, I think, their maybe their biggest win of the year, 24-20 uh, at, against the Ravens. And, we, you know, a lot of talk about the Giants have, have been lucky, have been lucky. And you know what? There's a lot of stats on this that would say they're lucky again, but they keep winning. And I think a lot of it is they're taking on sort of that mentality of their head coach. It's a big difference from last year. Sooner or later, A.J., people just have to admit what is going on with this New York Giants football team? What did Bill Parcells used to always say? You are what your record says that you are. And they are a 5-1 and one football team. And the odds of them to make the playoffs right now are incredibly high. They were like 40% before this week. And now they're 5-1 and one in this NFC, looking at the wild card, and they've got the same schedule that the Eagles do. We talked Absolutely. about the Eagles' easy schedule. The Giants' schedule is not tough either. They're one game back in the division. Yeah. But seriously, this Giants team deserves respect, and they continually get disrespected. But I'm done. i got to be honest with you. I'm done screaming about the New York Giants. Do you know why? This week, the Giants are two-and-a-half-point underdogs in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. I don't want to say anything. I'm sure – Everybody that listens to this podcast, everybody that listens to the Dream Preview is going to know what one of my bets is going to be this week because it's been a bet every week of the season. I have bet on the Giants every single game, and I have won every single time except for one of them. But <laughs> <laughs> So it's me versus the Sharps every week. Scotty versus the Sharps. In fact, that's a good name of a podcast, McKenzie. <laughs> that's a segment. Yeah, Scotty versus the Sharps. They're going to be on Jacksonville. The Giants are the luckiest team. They, 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 the real wins should be like two and four, whatever. <laughs> no. Here's the bottom line. The real wins should be seven and zero, oh and they've only played six games. Here's the bottom line. You keep giving me points, I keep taking them. And if I keep screaming about the New York Giants, maybe there's going to be a bookmaker out there that's listening and says, you know what, this guy's smart. Maybe I should open my eyes and realize what I'm seeing. And maybe the Giants should start to be favored in some of these games. So I don't want to say anything anymore because I'm afraid that one day I'm going to open up my eyes, I'm going to look at the odds board, and the Giants are going to be laying three and a half. And, and, then, and then there you go. All my, all my value has gone out the window, AJ. But there's no reason why this Giants team – should continue to be disrespected because defensively they're playing well. Saquon Barkley, I know he's got the shoulder issue now, but has looked healthy and has stayed on the field. They're getting the job done in multiple ways, and you said it. They're taking on the mentality of their head coach. And the more that you continue to believe that you are a good football team, the more you play like a good football team. Continue giving me points with the Giants. I'll keep taking them and cashing. Let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks, who moved to 3-3. Three and three. A lot of people thought they were one of the three or four worst teams in the league. 19-9 winners over the Cardinals, who Cardinals may be one of the five worst teams in the league. What do we think about the Seahawks? Well, Geno Smith's been playing great, right? And he was one of the top-rated passers in the NFL coming into this week. And I think that there was a lot of people that saw this spread and, and wondered why 
Seattle was an underdog in this game at home. It's not like they dominated offensively. This was a field goal fest for a while. But this team is not as bad as we thought coming into the season. The idea that they didn't have a quarterback and that's why they were only going to win four or five games, I think that conversation should be thrown out the window because of how well Geno Smith has played. They might still be a bad football team. They might only win six games. But it's not going to be because they do not have a quarterback. It's going to be because they don't really have anything else around them. Yeah, and listen, I mean, defense held the Cardinals to nine today. That's what everybody's been saying. Their defense stinks. Their defense stinks. If you're the Carolina Panthers, would you take Geno Smith today as their quarterback? Oh, my God, yes. Absolutely. Yes. I'd trade trade Christian McCaffrey for Geno (laughs) Smith today if I was the Cardinals. All right. Uh, here's one that you didn't mention to me as being disrespected, but I'm going to ask you, are we, are we under respecting the Minnesota Vikings at this point? I picked them to five win. and one. I, now I, I picked them to win the division before the season. So am I disrespecting them? If anything, I was, if anything, I don't mean us necessarily. Yeah, if anything, I was I'm bothered by the, 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 the start to the season, but yeah, they're a good football team. Kirk cousins always deserves more respect. There was a time last year when Kirk cousins had, I remember it was 22 touchdowns and only two interceptions. And, and, and people were still talking smack about the Minnesota Vikings. And by the way, the Vikings are now minus 300 to win the NFC North at 5-1. and one, Where those Green Bay Packers, they're 3-3. Three and three. Yeah. So it's not, they're not being disrespected anymore. <laughs> Everyone knows that the Vikings are the real deal. Yeah, the uh, the the current odds now minus three hundred on Minnesota, plus two fifty on Green Bay, and plus a million on the Lions and the Bears, as it should be. Uh, actually, plus twenty five hundred and plus five thousand, or twenty two hundred and plus five thousand on the Lions and the Bears, respectively. All right, let's bang through the other games that we haven't mentioned. The New England Patriots dominate the Cleveland Browns, thirty eight to thirteen. Or excuse me, thirty eight fifteen. This was the Bailey Zappi show. I mean, they, it, not really. They ran the ball really well, mm-hmm. and then Bailey Zappi took advantage of the openings. And this was a kind of what, you know, I, I picked the the Patriots in my uh, my dream preview five this week. I said this Browns defense is so bad against the run, they're going to eventually have to sell out to stop it. And Bailey Zappi's good enough to take advantage of it. I'm going to ask you a chicken or the egg question. Is it the quarterback or the system? Um, I think that – I mean, part of it is the defense as he's seen so far. But I think Bailey Zappi's a good player. I think he's a quick read guy. The reason why I'm asking is because – If you're asking it, if I think Bailey Zappi's like the next Tom Brady. I, no, I'm not okay. asking you that. I'm asking if Bailey Zappi deserves to remain the starter over Mac Jones. Is that crazy to have that conversation? I'm telling you right now, we go listen to Boston Sports Radio later on today. All those guys on on the Sports Hub and WEEI. They got Zappy feet right now. They they are asking that question. Seriously, though, Zappy has played really well, and I think Belichick's done a great job. And for all the smack that we talked, and I'll I'll blame myself, about Matt Patricia and and Joe Judge and who's going to call plays and what this offense is going to look like, through the last two weeks against the Lions and the Browns, the game plans have been really good. And if they continue to draw up successful game plans against their next few opponents, which are the Bears, the Jets twice, the Colts, Patriots are winning football games. And maybe I was wrong going under their preseason win total. Let's talk about the Jags and the Colts. 34-27 winners, the Colts. And we talk about teams, you know, that have been fortunate, unfortunate. Boy, it felt like – and fourth quarter win share doesn't tell this story because it was 66-33. to 33, uh, Colts were supposed to win this game. But it felt like the Jags had some – they had some sort of control. You know, there, there's no Jonathan Taylor – and yet somehow the Jags find a way to lose this game. Yeah, uh, there was uh, three consecutive drives. I mean, the, the second half was just back and forth, right? Look, every drive in the second half, touchdown, touchdown. Then it was a turnover on downs for the uh, for the Jaguars. They got stopped on the fourth down. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. It, no deep, The defenses couldn't keep them out of the end zone in the second half. 
there's something about the Jaguars and Colts, AJ. I, I, <laughs> the Jaguars play the Colts really well, but it's the Colts at home, they win against the Jaguars. The Colts on the road, they lose against the Jaguars. And the only reason why I wanted to back the Colts in this spot was because of that trend, because the Colts had not lost to the Jaguars at home since 2017. So if everyone was going to back Jacksonville when these two teams played in Jacksonville because of the trends, that was the reason why I was going to back Indy in Indy against Jacksonville. Colts' Alec Pierce scores the game-winning touchdown with 17 seconds left on the clock. I believe we talked about this guy during our preview of this game. Yeah, Alec Pierce uh, receiving yards over, which I was a little worried about. Hit it on that play. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he and he would have had more yards. A couple. He drew a couple of uh, pass interference mm-hmm. flags early in the game. Big pass interference plays early in the game. But this was, you know, the Jet and the final score says 34-27. When I say game winning touchdown, they scored a two point conversion. The Jags had the lead. Yeah. Until this touchdown with 17 seconds left. So a, a real heartbreaker for the Jags. Joey Burrow. Cincinnati Bengals 30, New Orleans Saints 26. Joe Burrow looked Joe Burrowy, uh 300 yards passing. Looks like maybe the Bengals starting to get back on track a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but it took him to the fourth quarter to to grind out this win. He connected with Jamar Chase and the two of them playing in that stadium. Some some fond memories. In fact, Joe Burrow walked into the stadium wearing a Jamar Chase LSU jersey. So uh, that was fun, of course, the side of their national championship. And um, just, a, I thought, a, a good performance by Cincinnati coming back in the second half of that football game because I thought the Saints looked really good in the first half. And watching Andy Dalton play, it's not spectacular, but there are worse quarterbacks that you could have as your starting quarterback in this league. I think obviously we've seen that. And if you have a, the right team around him, you can win football games with Andy Dalton because he's not going to make the big mistake. And I thought he managed the game really well. There was a couple of throws that I, that, that, that I liked out of him, and I thought the Saints were going to take this one. I, I was really surprised that, that in obviously the big catch at the end and the touchdown on Jamar Chase. But um, I thought the Saints had this one early. Monday Night Football, the Broncos and the Chargers. Looks like the Broncos are a healthy four-and-a-half-point dog. You're going you're gonna to go against your boy Justin Herbert? No, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to have a side on this game. Uh, what I am going to look for is, remember Mike Williams is probably the guy who's going to be blanketed by Patrick Sertain in this game. And I, you certainly don't want to bet any any kind of uh, props, uh, overs on Mike Williams in this game this week, in my opinion. But somebody's got to catch the ball. And I think that somebody is going to end up being Austin Eckler. Mm. Uh, I, I think Austin Eckler at – this 36 and a half yards receiving when his number one target's taken away. Yeah. Who's he going to trust? It feels to me like Austin Eckler's the next guy in the, in the circle of trust beyond Mike Williams. So you could play under 68 and a half on Mike Williams. I'm instead going to play over 36 and a half yards receiving for Austin Eckler. So that'll be my, uh, my action on this game. What are you seeing? I'll probably bet Russell Wilson to throw an interception. <laughs> That's been safe so far. Yeah. Uh, let's see what that prop is now, because it's probably uh, laying juice on him to throw an interception. Over one, over a half reception, minus 140. Yeah. Oh, I'll lay it. Okay. I'll lay the minus 140. He's throwing interception in this game. He's just looked terrible this year. I don't know what's going on. And, and it's crazy. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, the blue blood quarterbacks – are the ones that are struggling. Yeah. And the teams are not finding success. And and we had this debate last time we talked about the Broncos losing uh after the Thursday night game to the Colts. How much of it is the team? Is it Russell Wilson? Were we wrong about Russell Wilson? Is he the guy that he was it when when he was leading the the, the, the Seahawks to Super Bowls? I don't know. I haven't seen Russell Wilson look like Russell Wilson in a long time. And I don't think we're going to see it again here tonight. 
I think the only way to go in this game is the Chargers. And if there's multiple ways you can fade the Broncos, go ahead and do it. I'm going to do it by betting on Russell to throw an interception. All right. I think that's a good way to look at it. McKenzie, you feel anything in this game, the Broncos and the Chargers? You seeing anything that we're not? No, not really. I'm right. probably not going to play a side in this game either. Yeah, listen, the Monday night games, it's hard to find. Like, It doesn't feel like an unreasonable number. I think a lot of this is, like, is Russell Wilson really hurt? Like, is, or is he just, is he just playing poorly? Mm-hmm. Like, if he's, if he's really hurt, which, let's face it, a lot, of, a lot of what's happened to him over the last year and a half, there's been an injury that you could point to, or at least there's been a, a reported injury you can point to. I'm not saying he's a malingerer. I'm not saying he's faking. <laughs> I'm just saying that it seems like every time Russell Wilson's playing well, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've got this crazy injury I've been battling through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and when, and we know what Justin Herbert's injury issue is, although it seems like whatever, they, they said it was pain tolerance. It seems like he's tolerating. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of the Chargers, you know, it's just, it's not a... Just can't believe the Broncos are on primetime again. I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. Let's take a look at yesterday's baseball and really let's wrap I guess let's wrap up the weekend in baseball and then we'll wrap up uh the weekend in college football uh but looks like we got a game five between the Yankees and the Guardians uh the Astros move on in a sweep the Dodgers upset by the Padres Dodgers fans Dodgers writers complaining (laughs) about the format of the playoffs now a lot of people are complaining about the format of the playoffs that's it's absurd because you have a 101-win Atlanta Braves team, a 101-win New York Mets team, and a 111-win Los Angeles Dodgers team that is out. Sounds like those teams weren't built for October. But then what does the regular season mean? I don't know. I've seen a lot of NFL teams. I mean, the Patriots went 16-0 in the NFL and didn't win the Super sure. Bowl. Like, that's what the playoffs are for. you got to win when I, it matters. I would, I would tweak the format a bit. Only not in the divisional round. The division round is division round. Okay, you lose three out of five. You lose three out of, uh, three out of five. Then but who I are we th- feeling bad for? No, I think the, I think the wild card round needs to be tweaked a little bit. Be- tweaked how? Because I, I, I mean, let's face it, these teams that lost got to set up their lineups the way they like. But with I mean, the Braves and the Dodgers, they were they were sitting there waiting for a team to play a series and then come see them. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. Things were and, set and, and, up and you for could them. Say, yeah, the Phillies and the Padres had to go into these series yes. with disadvantages because their pitching rotations were not set. And that's what the regular season is for. Congratulations. Now you've got home field advantage. And you, you got to your, set up your pitching. You your rotation. Sure. Everything is set up for you, and you failed. I'm sorry. That's not the format's fault. That's the Dodgers' fault. That's the Mets' fault. That's the Braves' mm-hmm. fault. That's uh, who, Anybody who's crying, oh, we were so good in the regular season – Everything was set up for you to succeed, and you failed. I'm sorry. Those are the rules, friends. Listen, I'm happy about it. I was on the I'm on the Phillies every time in every game. I, the Phillies winning every series is great, uh, and I love the way that they've been playing. I think it's going to be a tremendous series against the Padres, and I'm I'm really uh, curious how each game is going to be lined up. The Padres are a minus 120 favorite in this series right now. Phillies at plus 105. It's not a sexy, attractive price. I do think the Phillies win this series. You're better off betting the Phillies in each individual game because the the plus 105 really is not that attractive. I really want to see how the rotation lines up. Phillies, you know, you're going to have Wheeler. You're going to have Nola and Ranger Suarez. And the Dodgers, man, they're, excuse me, the Padres, their pitching has been really good. It's been really good here, and I, I just do what they did to that Dodgers lineup. Yeah, this, I mean, this so, is wild. so. This is my fear for the Padres, and I know that there's still goals to be uh, to be had. But does getting past the Dodgers slaying the dragon does that seem like that was their World Series? You know, yeah, I very emotional, that. especially in come-from-behind fashion. But I'll be honest, I saw a lot of emotion out of the Phillies in their series, too. Well, it was the I first time. It was the first playoff game in Philadelphia in, since 2011. Yeah, So I, I and I think beating the Braves. Division rival, defending world champions. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this, and this was a big deal to them, too. So I think both these teams, I, I, think, it, I think it's about even, honestly. I, I think both those teams were very, 
I mean, seeing Manny Machado interview after, like, clearly there was a big emotional mm-hmm. dump, I, I think, after both those series. So. You know what's funny? Is after the Juan Soto trade, the Padres became the most bet on team to win the World Series. All the books took massive amounts of money on the San Diego Padres, and Soto winds up not doing anything. Not playing. In the second half uh. of the season, right? And and Tatis gets the suspension, so he's not back, and this team winds up fighting, scratching, and clawing for a wild card spot. They they made the playoffs by two games. That's but that's it. And so and and now they find themselves in the NLCS with home field advantage in the NLCS. It's wild. The sportsbooks could be headed for a, a huge loss. Let's talk about this game five between the Yankees and the Guardians. And and we kind of mentioned last week that the Astros, should they sweep this weekend, and they did, are really set up now. Yeah. Yep. Because they they can set up their rotation how they want to. They're fully rest. Although they did play an 18-inning game, which was one of the craziest <laughs> things. They're 18 innings, one to zero mm-hmm. in Jer- 18. Uh, Jeremy Pena. But the the fact that the Yankees have to go five, which I guess would have been better than the alternative of losing in four, mm-hmm. uh, which is was a possibility last no, night or well, yesterday. The Yankees or Guardians coming out of this series are at a severe disadvantage because it's four straight days. It's not it's not just the fact that they played five games. It's because of the rain out. It's yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and the Yankees have the, the series should be over already. Aaron Boone completely mismanaged the bullpen. On Saturday night and on Sunday night, didn't make that same mistake. And thank and and he needs to thank Garrett Cole because Garrett Cole goes out there and delivers seven innings and makes the bullpen managing easier for Aaron Boone because he rolls out Clay Holmes for the eighth and then Peralta gets the ninth. So it worked out great for the Yankees on Sunday. I also think it's an advantage for them going into the game here tonight because now the bullpen arms that they were going to and and, and that got mismanaged on Saturday night are now fresh, well, as fresh as they can be, but they're able now to pitch where because they had the day off. So we're talking about Loisaga going to be able to throw, Trevino going to be able to throw, Schmidt going to be able to throw. So I think the fact that Garrett Cole went seven innings and the Yankees only had to use Holmes for an inning and Peralta for an inning lines up great for them backing Jamison Tyone tonight. All right. So there you have it. The Is that a play for you? Eh, the, what's the price? Minus 150? I don't like the minus 150. <laughs> but First five? Maybe. maybe. But, but, I mean, I guess you're saying the bullpen's an advantage right now, too. So I... I don't know. I, I guess it, it, well, you got to imagine Francona is going to dump out the bullpen. Of course, it, no it's doubt. a do or die game. So uh, you're going to have Emmanuel Classe pitch as much as you need this guy to pitch, right? Yeah. So he's the the, the best relief pitcher, arguably in in the American League, and he hasn't thrown in a couple of days. So he's probably going to go two, three innings. Well, yep. not three, but he's going to go two innings. At, if And if they have to stretch him out to three innings, they'll have to stretch him out to three innings. He went two and a third the last time he pitched, and that was in game, what was that, game two? Game two? So he hasn't pitched in a couple of days. That's, that's where Francona is going to go for his bullpen. All right, let's take a look at the college football landscape, which changed dramatically this weekend with Tennessee's win, 52-49, over Alabama. The new AP poll is out. Georgia, number one, 31 first-place votes. Ohio State, number two, with 17 first-place votes. Tennessee now third with 15 first-place votes. That's the only teams receiving first-place votes. Michigan, Clemson, Bama, Ole Miss, TCU, UCLA, Oregon round out your top 10 you may note that USC and Oklahoma State have dropped out of the top 10 and uh oh Penn State as well drops out of the top 10 and Syracuse still not in the top 10 sitting at number 14 unbeaten Syracuse what are your Mm. your thoughts on first the Alabama Tennessee game 
does Alabama have like do you think they've got major concern like unfixable concern and do you think Tennessee's for real I do think Tennessee's for real and I don't think that Alabama has concerns uh Bryce Young back obviously is a huge boost to them and the healthier he gets the better he's going to be and Bryce Young isn't winning the Heisman this year yeah He's the best college football player. Like, he's the most meaningful. Co- like, I can't even imagine what Alabama's team would look like right now if Bryce Young missed this game. Sure. Uh, this could have been a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. The de- defensively, they got to get better, uh, for sure. But I don't have concerns about Alabama. Uh, they'll, they're they're going to run through the rest of their schedule. And, and we've seen this time and time again from Nick Saban's teams, right? If they do have this hiccup, there is a uh, a refocused intensity for the remainder of the season. You know, we've seen them lose the regular season game and then go on and win the national championship. So it would not surprise me if Alabama moves on and does that. And in fact, probably get a good price on Alabama to win the national championship right now. Plus 450. There's a the third favorite. How about that? The Cir- third favorite right now to win the national championship. Circle the date. It is November 5th, Tennessee at Georgia. Okay. A battle for the SEC we have fun? East. Can we have fun now? I'm gonna, well, let's have fun. I'm going to ask you the question. All right. I love doing this stuff. <laughs> Here we go. 24. What? Are you asking me how many points Tennessee will score against Georgia? No. Oh, okay. I'm asking you this. <laughs> Georgia beats Tennessee. Okay. Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Uh-huh. Alabama, 11-1 SEC champion. Yeah. Georgia, 11-1 SEC runner-up, Tennessee, eleven and one, only lost to Georgia, beat Alabama. Does the SEC get three teams in the College Football Playoff? Oh, uh, that that depends on what the rest of the landscape is. <laughs> but if you're asking, if you're saying you can only take two of those, it'll be Alabama and Georgia. Well, it's always going to be the two finalists. So it's going to yeah, and it's going to be Alabama and the defending champion Georgia well, if, Bulldogs. Listen, yeah, listen, we know this for a fact. When Georgia goes in, when. <laughs> If Georgia goes into the SEC championship game undefeated, they're in the college football playoff win or lose. Uh, And we also know for a fact that the SEC champion is always in the college football playoff. So whether that's Ole Miss or Alabama or Georgia or Tennessee, whoever it is, is getting in. I just think it would be an incredible scenario if you have three 11-1 teams in the SEC and they all beat each other. You, you can only take two for the college football playoff. The teams that would have something to say about it, the Big Ten winner, obviously, whoever wins between Ohio State and Michigan. I'm already putting Ohio State in. I'm okay. saying Ohio State's in, undefeated Big Ten champ. Okay. You know what? Let's. I'll. I will not be disrespectful to Michigan. They've, they've looked really will, good. So they I, beat the snot out. So of So I will State. not be disrespectful to Michigan, and I will just say undefeated Big Ten champion. Okay. If Clemson runs a table, they are in, and Clemson looks like they're getting better. Okay. Every every time Clemson plays, they look better. And I listen. Clemson was a massive disappointment. If Clemson early in the suffers one loss, one loss. Sorry, ace. no. I, then Tennessee's ahead of uh, one loss. Tennessee, one loss. Tennessee or with one a loss win Clemson. over Alabama, one loss. Tennessee is is ahead to me. But oh, if, if Clemson's conference champion, a conference champion, one we'll loss. Look at that. Eight, one loss. ACC champion Clemson, and one loss. Tennessee non. Conference championship participant. I imagine they would take Clemson. It's a. This is my favorite part of the college football. By the way, people how about wanna, this? People want to argue about the extended playoffs, and let me just say this: Everyone always talks about the, what we're going to have. We're going to have an expanded playoffs. You and I debated this a while ago. I'm so anti expanded playoffs because I think the playoffs are what happen in these regular yeah, season I agree. games. Tennessee against Georgia is essentially a playoff game. Yeah. You know, the, the SEC championship yes. is a playoff game. This is how you weed teams in or out. And then, you know, like, like what fun is it going to be next year or in two years when this conversation about Alabama, Georgia, or Tennessee means nothing because they're all in the playoffs? Yeah. And you know what? Ole Miss is in the playoffs, too. And now we, and get, Mich- now and we Michigan- get to watch Georgia play Illinois. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> and Michigan, Ohio State, they're in. Everyone's yeah. in. That Michigan, Ohio State game doesn't matter anymore. Let me throw two teams at you: one lost Tennessee or unbeaten TCU. You got to take an undefeated Big Big Twelve champ, even though the Big Twelve is a trash heap. The Big Twelve's gotten better. 
you got teams this year that are playing really good football. Okay. Right? Oklahoma State, that was a good game. TCU. I mean, Oklahoma had the down three down games, but if they run the table and look better, I think it's you can't you can't keep out an undefeated Power Five conference champion against a non-conference participant. In case you wanted to bet that, by the way, TCU plus five thousand to win the national championship. Oh, if they get there, not getting. I, I'd much but rather you, look at TCU to get to the playoff than win the championship. They're not getting. They're not winning the championship. But imagine the hedge out, hedge opportunities. They're in the college football playoff. And then the other one would be UCLA. Unbeaten UCLA wins the Pac-12. Sixty to one UCLA to win the national championship. But again, that if you have a fifty to one ticket and you get and the team is in the playoffs, there's no reason why you're not making money, right? Yeah. Because you're just betting against them, and you're and you're hedging out. What about unbeaten Syracuse? Listen, <laughs> I, we got a college football podcast coming on uh, coming up later on this week, but the Orange are thirteen point dogs. There's a big game coming on Saturday against Clemson. Orange on orange crime coming. You uh, ready? That huh? was me cracking my knuckles. All right, because uh, let's just say New York football's back, baby. All right. Well, after a day off for the NHL yesterday, which upset me because we're off to a scorching hot start on the ice. Hot ice. I heat up the ice before the games. We are 7-0 in the NHL looking to continue the streak. NHL season packages are available on pregame.com. Here's the schedule coming up for tonight. The Panthers are at the Bruins, Florida laying 135. And the total is six and a half. Kings are at the Red Wings, LA minus 125, total of six. Penguins at the Canadiens, Pittsburgh minus 250 with a total of six and a half. The Ducks visit the Rangers, New York minus 220 with a total of six. Maple Leafs welcome in the Coyotes, Toronto minus 550. I repeat, minus 550 total. Of six and a half. The Canucks are at the Capitals. Washington minus 135, total of six. Avalanche visit the Wild. Colorado minus 125, total six and a half. Jets are at the Stars. Dallas minus 145 with a total of six. And the Hurricanes visit the Kraken. Unleash the Kraken. Carolina minus 170, total of six and a half. You know what we're going to be doing tomorrow? What's that? We're going to be talking NBA in the rundown. McKenzie, oh my goodness. tomorrow the NBA season tips off. We only have two games tomorrow, Philadelphia, Boston, Lakers, Warriors. Will you have a best bet for SOVAM tomorrow? Most definitely. Yeah, baby. It is starting off tomorrow. This is going to be amazing. Now that we have all four sports, uh, all four of the major sports, bless you. Thank you. Uh, starting at the that's how you know at we're the same real. time. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not a robot, friends. I sneeze. <laughs> this, this isn't this isn't a simulation. Uh, and we're gonna have so much to talk about each and every morning. It's why you absolutely must download every episode, and you can do it automatically. How Scott? Well, just subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Straight out of Vegas, AM is your daily destination for sports talk with a Vegas lean. I do want to point out. 6-0 on the UFC this weekend. We gave out Jacob Malkoon on this show. Let's go. Wins by decision as an underdog. Mm. Thank you very much. So uh, a big card for us and literally the card of the year coming up this weekend. So we'll talk that uh, later on this week as well. Big week ahead for us now is all the sports are congealing together at once. MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, college football, all <laughs> – it's all happening now. The biggest <laughs> UFC card of the year. Oh, my God. What a week we've got coming to you, friends. Programming alert. If you are listening to this podcast, though, on RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed. We've been warning you about this. you got to do it now, though. This is your last warning. Tomorrow's episode will not be on this feed. It will be on the Straight Out of Vegas AM podcast feed. So just search Straight Out of Vegas AM wherever you get your podcasts. Hit the subscribe button, follow the podcast, leave a rating, a little bit of a review if you have any critiques or criticisms or comments for us. And uh, you'll get every episode automatically downloaded to your device every single morning. Episodes air 5 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. And AJ talked about the UFC card that went 6-0. I'm off to a 7-0 start in the NHL. McKenzie, 
What was your percentage last year? NBA? 57% plus 64 units in the NBA. My goodness. You I want, want plus 64 units? You want to jump on board any of those packages at pregame.com? We're going to give you a discount. 20% off if you use the promo code SOVAM20. Any one of those packages, 20% off. It's easy. Make money while saving money. That's a great saying. We got to put that on like a t-shirt. Can we do that, Mackenzie? Yes. That's like make money while saving money. Love it. I'm on it. I'm getting the people on it. Or is it save money while making money? We're going to debate that, but either (laughs) way, we'll be back tomorrow. Have a great Monday. Enjoy Monday Night Football and the NHL slate and Game 5 of the ALDS. For Mackenzie, AJ, I'm Scott. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.